0: Yo, welcome to the Cal and B show. Two cats from South Chicago who rose up like uh like yeast in the oven, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the sun in the east and still having set in the west. Uh like uh, you know, the thermostat rising on up because it's getting hot up in here. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we got ATL Cow in Las Vegas B. Yes, sir. The same cat that brought you Brillo pads. <laughs> nice quick <six> skillets and <laughs> <laughs> that abrasive. <My> <laughs> <That> abrasive. <laughs> oh, and Bausch and Lom's uh, <laughs> uh, skin softening products. So brief. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. Chef, Let's go. <laughs> Uh, silky hair shampoo you know I ain't never seen B step out the house without silky hair so he's the guy he's the guy for that for sure yeah <laughs> so yeah I man um, I got a question for you I'm gonna throw the question out there you know we're gonna, we're gonna jump into the topic in a minute though before we get into the topic I got a quick question for you shoot man I was watching TV the other day bro yeah and uh you know they got the government shutdown and all that That's that's pure chaos Pure chaos. I don't know. I don't even know. You know what I mean? Even the government ain't shut down in Venezuela. Why, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, Venezuela doing better. Ju- huh, huh? <laughs> That's true. We're going to get into politics, but I do want to talk about Cardi B, bro. Uh-huh. Cardi B came out. I was watching TV the other day. Cardi B came out and said, you know, this is chaos. They're trying to make government workers work without paying them because, they, you know, they can't move the money to them and all that. And you know, as she's explaining her point of view, which was which was it's a powerful point of view, but you know, she's let's just say she's not the most um, you know professional with her choice of words. <laughs> and She's not so eloquent, enough. she can't not, not so. But I mean, she's clear. Is you know, you know where she's coming from. That's Cardi. You know Cardi. So I can dig that. Uh, but you know, she every every second and third word was a cuss word and you know she's saying that you know this is dysfunctional and they shouldn't be trying to get people to work for nothing uh i don't know if you kept up with that situation at all but i I am curious to know where where you're at you know what Nah, yeah you know what i have not um (laughs) but you know what yeah Anytime. anytime people might not get their refund checks on time i've seen that you know i've seen the
1: shutdown and everything and you know honestly obviously you know trump is uh holding, holding America hostage at this point oh, you know, with, with the whole, you know, build the wall or else type of uh, else? situation, you know, where you just got to, got you under the gun. But to me, this says, this points to a bigger deal. And, and honestly, you know, it's, uh, hats off and, and condolences to those who aren't being able to get paid and feed their families. That's, you know, I don't care what it is, but honestly, they're printing money, you know, to mm. uh, endless amount to, for, to fight wars and to do things uh, of harm. Um, you might as well feed people and feed families. I think, you know, education and those type of things, keeping those things going is way more important. But who am I, right? But um, <laughs> I think that that's, that's the biggest deal, right? Because we, we're all here living and if we really care about the human being and and, and like we say we do we care about care about fellow americans i would think that keeping them uh you know
0: keeping food on their tables is utmost importance but who am i yeah yeah so it's like uh here's the rationale okay i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna make your i'm gonna i'm gonna make it where you your food is not safe (laughs) because they shut down the fda you know some of the some of what they call low priority stuff fda but i work in the food industry and uh yeah you got to be you can't play with that you can't play with food oh, yeah okay yeah uh they talk about border security some of the border security agents ain't getting paid some of the tsa folks ain't getting paid you know park and recreation cleanup crews and all that ain't getting paid and it's it's almost like you know i'm going to i'm going to kill you under the guise of border security and making you safe. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, let me ask you this, though. I mean, because isn't this something
1: that happens every year? Um, I, I think you, know, you, can, you, you can change it. You can change what it's about, right, and what the right, right, right. teaching points are. But
0: it pretty much is that way every year. That's a good plan. You know, uh, Cardi B said something about that. She was like, Obama did the same thing over health care. Yeah. You know? And she was like, but, you know, it's not the same thing. Healthcare is different. Border walls that. But I guess, it, you know, really come down to what you're for and what you're against. <laughs> if you like the idea or not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a trip, man. I and mean, it's a shame. I think it's kind, of, it's kind of a shame that our government got to resort to hurting the people to get stuff done just to function. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why you got to why you got to why you why do people got to be sacrificed?
1: You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. That's a big question. I can't even say that I'm <laughs> in the you know. Tribute to that information, but back I mean, My theory is, you know, a lot of this is just uh, points of negotiation and leverage. Yeah. Uh, I think you know when you when you politicize everything, you know, and this is definitely politicized in terms of you know what side you're on, what side you're on, uh, as far as do you want a wall, do you don't want a wall? Uh, yeah, right, right. You know these type of things. You know, it, it, and then the collateral damage that ensues. You know, once or you don't get what you want, and you know, and the threat, the threat of the unknown, the threat of the unknown. I think ultimately, you know, like I said, these people they understand about psychology. They understand that people are going to, uh, you know, rightfully so, lose their mind when. They think that, hey, this person is irrational and, and, and people not getting paid. But again, this happens every year. So what does that say about the government in terms of functionality? You know, function, right. And, and, and its ability to, to forge ahead and keep, you know, the very basics going. I mean, cause I can, like you said, you can guarantee that they just didn't have a lot of military people just leaving the post. You know, what I mean, they just wasn't just leaving where they were at all of a sudden because that costs money as well moving. So you can sit here and say, well, unless they're
0: just dropping things, there's a cost, regardless. So Yeah, the thing is, man, look who pays the price though for this shutdown. You know what I'm saying? Look who pays the price. The people that's suffering, the people that's having to take out loans and of course they're gonna have to pay interest on them loans. Right. People that's having to get GoFundMe accounts just to pay their mortgage and pay their bills. These are the people at the bottom. This this is this is hitting on something key that I've seen in big companies too, in corporations too. When the people at the top screw up, the people at the bottom are the first to pay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, they lose their jobs, they miss opportunities. You know, all those wonderful things, bonuses, everything, right? All that comes as a result of the people at the top doing their job and doing a good job. But when the people at the top are screwing up and they're dysfunctional. The people who pay the price are at the bottom. That's true, man. And that's, that's insane, you know, and, and it's going to be I'm interested to see how these the the, the 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 real blowback from this. Right. Is is are we going to see some folks held to account. For the behave for their behaviors at the top. You know, playing this little ticky tacky stuff with Nancy Pelosi and all that and, and Trump going, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Trump going back and forth and all that. Yeah. Although are those people going to get held accountable for their for their, you know, what I would consider to be less than professional behavior. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 you know I mean, you know, I mean, you got to do a job, do it. You know what I mean? Stop playing. I agree. I think obviously you need to get some
1: progress. You need to get some you need to get some done. But ultimately, to, to your question, if I was to answer that, the short answer will be no. it's going to continue to happen next year will be another threat of a government shutdown and it'll be something else it'll be something
0: else else. uh we're trying to get to the moon you won't finance my trip to the moon shut it down yeah i mean uh i want to be the first man on mars and you won't finance it shut it down yeah and that's that's the thing you know that's the thing you know i I don't want to get into the whole left versus right thing but yeah, if you if the president can just shut down the government anytime they want something, then yeah, you're right. We just gonna stay in this crazy ass cycle.
1: Yeah, I try to look at it. Yeah, straight right. down. But like, I'm with you. I don't necessarily take sides. of just looking at it with how I look. How I can see it. Yeah. You know, um, ultimately, you know, uh, uh, people. Good thing about it is that there's a lot of folks that can take advantage of good times and bad times. You know, unfortunately, if you're locked into You know, one way, and I guess it kind of teaches you this: that you never know. I think a lot of us, for the vast majority of our lives, have been in a pretty uh, stable economic climate, even though there's been, for the most part, yeah, you know, right, you know, 2008 and some some bad markets, but ultimately, it's 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 been it's not like it's been what we have we've been without, and you got to get multiple families in the house in the household and stuff like that, Mm. you know, but it kind of teaches us, Hey, you know, we need to do, you know, what we, what money that we do make, we need to be efficient with it and and, and invest in our families and to get backups of, you know, food, water, and the necessities, just those type of things realistically. Mm. And then beyond that, try to be as independent as possible because, you know, ultimately you
0: never know. You never know. Cold game, dog. Cold game, man. So yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw that that whole thing about Card- Cardi B a trip, man. I, you know, my wife likes Cardi B. I'm liking Cardi B more and more just because she's somebody who <laughs> she'll hold no punches. So I got, I guess I can respect that. You know, she's a she's a trip. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, check out check out her little clip, her little rant, her little government rant, politics. <laughs> you can tell. She- I've seen her. Uh uh-huh. You've definitely, definitely seen her speak her mind on politics. Yeah,
1: I haven't seen that one specifically, but I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, she's all over the place. Yeah. with This one now. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you. I think she, you know, she speaks her mind. I like that. I like the rawness. You know, you can get you can get all sides of the spectrum. You know, right, right. people, many people, speak her language, and you know, hey, people are gonna, it's gonna resonate with those who, you know, who speak her language. I think that
0: that's what it's all about having different spokesmen. All right, so. So I want to dive into the I want to dive into the topic tonight, cool? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You have know for Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I heard some passion when you We was rolling up the Cardi B stuff. I was like, okay, should we keep going on Cardi because we can. We certainly can. Uh I, oh, yeah, Cardi's homegirl. Hey, that girl. You know, she growing on me. She growing on me when she dropped that Kodak Bodak Yellow. You know, that's what that's what I first became a fan, but. That was more on a music level, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Topic for the tonight, though. This is this is some you and I have been going back and forth on for forever. You know, we've been we've been going back and forth on this one for probably two decades now, and it's the it's the it's the concept of entrepreneurship, right? And you and I, you and I have agreed to disagree on this one, okay? And the concept is: Can anyone be an entrepreneur? It's the golden question, and you know my position. I'll state my position. You state yours, and then we'll dive into you know dive into it a little deeper. But my position has always been that not everyone can be an entrepreneur. It takes a certain kind of mindset. Takes a certain uh, way of learning. You got to have self initiative. You know what I'm saying. You got to be a self self learner, self taught to some extent. Mm-hmm. You got to be a bit of a risk taker, and you know, and you gotta you know, of course you gotta be creative and you gotta execute well. And you know, my view is there's only a certain slice of the population that got all that. You know, not everybody if you go back up uh, way back to the old days when everybody was a craftsman and a farmer, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess everybody was kind of an entrepreneur, but the world was so much simpler back then. I think. I wasn't there. I'm just thinking, okay. Two on your right hand, okay. Two, you know, Mm -hmm. you got your hoe in one hand, and you know, you're chewing on the straw with the other hand. You feel me? (laughs) You know, you're trying to hold the overalls up while you're doing all that, okay. That was it, that was life. Mm -hmm. But I think today, the modern world. You know, it's, it's a little bit different. The game has changed. The game has changed. And I think it'd be tough for, I know, I know, let's put it like this. I know some people and I met some real smart, incredible, professional people who would never make it as an entrepreneur. They would step out and fall face, face flat. That's my, that's what my point, that's my point yeah. of view. But let me, let me, let's hear your point of view. Let's go ahead and make your case and then we'll dive into some questions.
1: I mean, yeah, I, Actually, we're probably closer than what you might think. I mean, ultimately, it's just semantics, okay. right? You know, what, like when you're saying, can every can everybody do it? I think yes, anybody could do it without knowing their abilities. Mm-hmm. Now, some you know, let's not act like everybody was a finished product when they first started to get into to being an entrepreneur. You know, they had to grow into it. You know, it's part of things yeah. that you have to kind of seek within and, and get better with, from within. And some things. You don't really know until you do it, and so I mean, this is a you know, this is a conversation I have with with many people actually on this, and it's I think when I look at it, it's just more like semantics. Like, okay, could everybody do it? Yes, everybody could do it with the following characteristics or the following skill sets. And like you said, you, you have plenty of people out there that had the intelligence and, and the ability, and maybe even had economic you know financial wealth all to do so. They just didn't have the desire. Maybe they didn't believe it themselves enough. And so, you know, there's 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 a few things I've realized that, you know, yeah, you don't have to be the most intelligent. You don't have to be the most driven. You don't even have to be the most, you know, um, what do you call that, professional, you know, where you're able to uh, cross the T's and dot the I's and, you know, and, and be so clear cut, you, you know. To me, it's just about being opportunist and about being, having a belief in yourself and understanding, okay, I'm going to fail. So, you know, I mean, I guess if you could work out and just like, you know, not everybody has like a great physique, right? When you walk around and see them, everybody could get into shape, theoretically, right? Everybody could pick up a, a weight and, and lift, obviously, genetics and all of that. But when, we, when you're talking about levels, right? You got a basic level and you got, you know, elite level entrepreneurs as well. You know, you got people out there that could put together a few operations and make some money. And sometimes it doesn't take that. You know, it's a really a red fish, blue fish type of operation, but it might still make some money.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I see your point. That's a level of success. So, I mean, you know, it, it just depends on where you're at. Yeah. And how you think about it. And, and what, you know, some things are right there in front of you. And it's just a, uh, a, 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 a pin the pad type situation, like okay, well, instead of instead of letting this money fly past my face, I'll grab it. Ooh, stick your neck out. You know, there, I'll say, okay, this is an option I could sell, flip. It's coming past me anyway. Let me just get possession of it while it's in front of me, or whatever. You know, those type of things. You so, stick your
0: neck out and grab it with your teeth. That's what you got to do. You know. <laughs> See, you already got. It. <laughs> well, <I figured> it. <laughs> well, so say I can't stick my neck out. I don't like. It's too long. It's too, oh, it's too yeah. short. My neck's too short. I can't stick it out. I'm not going to do it. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The, you know what I can say for sure is true is just about everybody I've talked to has expressed some interest in being an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? So I, th- I think it's something mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if it's because it's been glamorized as of late. You know, it's it's fashionable to be an entrepreneur now, but. You know, I talk to a lot of folks inside of corporate America, outside, you know, and and just about everybody, everybody glamour. Everybody dreams of being an entrepreneur. But but I just haven't seen a lot of people step off and do it. I've seen a very small slice. And that that's not that's not to say, you know, that they're not able. I guess it's just just to say they're not willing, you know what I mean? They're not willing to leave that comfort, that 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 comfortable sit setup they got, and you know, risk losing everything. And a lot of them have built up some real, <laughs> some real high profiles for themselves. They got a lot to lose. They got a you know big mortgage, three thousand dollars a month. That, that's true. <laughs> you know, luxury cars. Uh-huh. You know, they got you know this this wardrobe, and you know, maybe maybe got a spouse that's not very uh, financially. Uh, responsible, you know, kids who, who, who want to spend a lot and don't have a lot of self-discipline around not spending and being frugal and, you know, financially responsible. Right. Right. That's a big, huge deal. we sort of built, built up this, this life that's based on high spending and high consumption. And, you know, they just can't, they, they, they're sort of trapped in, 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 in a situation where they got to make a certain salary. And if they fall below that for even just a few months, They'll find themselves in a horrible, <laughs> in a horrible situation. Life quality of life is real unstable. Well, this is true. I mean, you know, when
1: you when you when you're an entrepreneur, you know, that's part of that thinking is playing the margins, right? You know, you got to see, well, it is. you know, what are you spending? What are your expenditures versus, you know, what are you making? And you know, how can you do that? How can you take a, a part of that expenditure and obviously want to be as efficient as possible? But let me take some of that and invest. Back into us. And you know, part of that is you know, reinvesting and taking this amount of money and saying, okay, this is gonna bring more back. You know, you yeah. try to and make each operation
0: pay for itself. So. and that's the thing about being an entrepreneur is when you're an entrepreneur, you're not managing a PL or profit and loss statement for a company. Your profit and loss statement is your personal money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your bank, is your money, it's your bank account. It, you know you're not waiting on the salary every week or every two weeks every month you know your p l is is you waking up and grinding and make, and closing your next deal and if that deal don't come you know uh you had a real risk of hitting zero or hitting negative i mean yeah you know yeah that's just the reality of it and um if you're not willing to to take that risk, but at the other, on the other end of the spectrum, other side of the coin, is the sky's the limit for you. You know, uh, if you did a, and, and I've read books on this. I read this book called The Millionaire Next Door, one of my favorite books, actually. Mm-hmm. Millionaire Next Door, right? And I think that's another one, Millionaire Mindset, or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe. You have to, I have to look that up. But Millionaire Next Door is one of my favorite, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it did a survey of millionaires mm-hmm. across the United States. Okay. Maybe beyond the United States, but certainly across the United States. And you know what they found? Well, is-, is a overwhelming percentage of millionaires are entrepreneurs. Mm. So the so the path to being a millionaire is not the corporate route. If you're really serious about being a millionaire, if you understand the implications of that and what's at stake, and you know you got to get them M's. You need to be an entrepreneur. You need to figure out how to make it work. I thought that was cold. Yeah, that is A cold. Cold. Cold, little Man. cold little fact there.
1: Seriously, I mean, when <laughs> when it tells you that, <laughs> and you can see the bath on that. I mean, it makes it yeah that much more easier to say. You know what? Let me find something. Let me figure out where where my next
0: step is. And you know, let me find yeah. something. Let me follow my face. You know, I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna follow my face. Just be ready for that. But just know that, that falling on your face is part of it, and, and 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 the bigger you fail, the sweeter success tastes afterward. When you when you climb out when you climb out uh-huh. of it, uh-huh. the sweeter the sweeter it tastes. Ooh wee, nice juicy ripe melons. He <laughs> <laughs> selling fruit. Oh gosh, he ready. Ooh wee. <laughs> hey, you ever had them grapes like them dark red, dark purple grapes? That you know, what I mean, they're nice and firm still, but when you throw them in and you chew them, and the juice just busts out, and the juices you just, just explode, explode on them. Oh um, my god, uh, yes, just explode on you, bro. It just covers the whole inside of your mouth, and it's just, it's just so sweet and, <laughs> and delicious. <laughs> I do recall, <laughs> <laughs> I do recall that one. Yeah. I'm about to go get me some of them tonight, dog. Oh, that's 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 the taste of success, right there. You just bust one juicy one, right? Mm. Bam! Oh, man, you're gonna, go, gonna make me go to the farmer's market, boy. <laughs> that bad boy. Oh. <laughs> man, I had that with some good strawberries too. Boy. Get one of the juicy ripe strawberries, you know, just before they start going a little south on you. You ain't lying, boy. I swear. Just mm, bite down on that boy. Whoo, the juices just, you know, just explode out on you. You don't know. You don't even know what to do. You don't even know what to do. Boy, I tell you that. right, slanging them. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's not that's a business right there. Just get you some of them strawberries and pop them off you know you know word of mouth is powerful for marketing word of mouth Are we just talking about the one you know the uh japanese uh-, st- uh
1: strawberries they're known for for strawberries uh is that one like? strawberries and a Korean company came and basically you know took their recipe what I mean Ica was just talking about that, yeah, it was crazy.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's like they went and They just, you know, took it back and tested it and made a, a similar, similar uh, recipe for it. And <laughs> basically, just Amen. took, you know, took the rights for it. They pretty much almost took the market from them. Man, I forgot the name of the company. I probably, would, I probably shouldn't even talk about them anyway. But it's crazy though. I mean, hmm. just the whole how to, how competitive the game is. You know, they still good, but you know, yeah, somebody might swoop up and get your recipe now.
0: Well, man, let me know if you get a batch of those, bro. Let me know if you get a batch. You know, I can get to Vegas for a hundred dollars round trip Southwest. To it for <laughs> oh, you on, are oh, you on one? Huh? Okay, I'm on one, bro. I'm We've been talking about grapes and strawberries, bro. I got to get, I got to get a little bit of that, bro. So, uh, <laughs> let me ask you a question, though, B. When did you first realize that entrepreneur was the path for you? When, when did you When did you realize that you needed to be a... one w- w- was it a I want to be an entrepreneur or I need to be an entrepreneur, and when did that click in your mind? I think when I moved to LA
1: and I started to see so many, you know, young folks doing what they wanted to do. You know, uh, had control of their time, having good fun, uh, at the same time being productive and you know uh, making good money, and I, I realized it. It didn't. You know, success didn't come in the same size, you know, or the same shape, or the same situation. Cookie cutter success, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, I just realized that it was, you know, if if whatever I wanted to do, I could, I could form that, I could formulate that, I could build that, and I wanted that. You know, I definitely wanted that. Now, uh, to me, you know, obviously, I wasn't daring it. I wasn't there yet, but it it basically gave me something more of a a goal to set. Like, hey, I want to get like this cat right here. You know, you got a nice car. You know, it wasn't just all material, but it was just like the the when you when you really look at yourself and you say, okay, this is where I want to be at,
0: you know. So I know you saw, you know, in South Chicago, I know you saw the dope dealers, you know, the D Boys. They were young, making money, having fun too, you know. What was the difference that you saw from that? In Chicago, and then when you went out to LA, and you saw, saw young cats getting money, having fun. What was the difference for you that made it click that, you know, you could you could do things differently as well?
1: It was clean. It was clean legal money. You know, first of all, <laughs> I mean, you know, it was it was a situation yeah. where they was able to, you know, do it cleanly. It wasn't like they were trying to finesse the system. It was just their finesse the system, quote unquote, was trying to figure out where they were at, what skills they had what access they had, what resources they had, and they took advantage of it. And I felt like, hmm, you know, I wanted to do that. Obviously, you know, I didn't want to do nothing with, with drugs and nothing like that and nothing with with uh, anything illegal like that. So I just felt like, you know, to, to, to stay out of the, the bar, stay behind and be a free man, you know, I had to figure out how to do it through legal means and, and, and through a means that was still fun and still... Uh, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, the, the square peg. You know, it was, it was, it was uh, trying to figure out, okay, building a network. You know, assessing the market, providing the product, providing the service, and for,
0: you know, taking advantage
1: of opportunity. And that's what they're doing. That's an interesting call, man.
0: You know, that's something you see in Atlanta too, especially with Africa. You see a lot of. Affluent African-Americans in Atlanta. That was one of the things I was most surprised about when I moved here. Is you see, you see, uh, this is a place where African-Americans can come in, set up shop and do pretty well for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you got a good idea, if you're a professional, you can carry you carry yourself well. You know, you get. Yeah, you can really set up a nice situation for yourself and and not feel out of place. That was one of the things that I, I noticed. Just, just because I've lived in some real, <laughs> let's just call it, I lived in some real Republican places, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know that it, that's the road. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. I love all people. I love all people. Uh-huh. Um, but I've lived lived in some places where I was the only African American on the block in the whole in the whole community. I was the only African American, mm. and uh, and a lot of time even in those places I was doing better than just about everybody there because I've always bought below my means when I bought houses and stuff like that. Well, that's dope. So while everybody else was buying at their means I was, I was maybe making more than them, but buying below my means. Cause because to the same point, I always knew that I needed to be able to put a certain chunk of my income in keeping my side hustle going. That's huge. So when I think about the question, you know, when did I feel like I needed to be an entrepreneur, or when did I want to become one? To be honest, I never wanted to be nothing else. <laughs> mm. From uh, that's powerful though, Yeah, for real. How yeah. many from, people know that? I, I never wanted to be nothing else. Um, huh. From age nine, wow. From, from age seven, you know, I was shooting dice in the in the hallways. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, in grade school, middle school, I was shooting dice, trying to stack a few more. Yeah. We used to play a uh, big Bang take little. Did y'all play that big Bang take little bank? Yes, yes, sir. You know, <laughs> so, I kept me a wad of singles in my pocket. You know, <laughs> I was ready because these cats will pull it on me. They'll try, you know, they'll try to catch me when I was broke or something and try to pull it on me at all times. Nah, I gotta keep some. Sta- I gotta keep some cash in my pocket. Pa- my pockets gotta be lined, smelling minty. Had his own dice. You know what I mean? Exact. I had to carry my own dice with me. But yeah, from that age, you know, and then you know, once I got to nine, ten years old, I used to take my mama's shovel, or ragly shovel with the corners bent on it. You know what I'm talking about? With square, the rectangle heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. And I used to go I used to go door to door, like, hey, I'll shovel your snow for $25. That's man. Um, yeah, it was cold. Snow was coming down. The snow was deep. But you I had to get some paper, you know. And for a ten year old coming home with hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars, <laughs> that's good money. That's great money, you know. Right. That's excellent money. Right. Uh it was you wall. know, from that man it was one thing after another, but and then you know, you and I got in the music when I was in college. You know, I left track. Mm-hmm. I started running track and then started getting into music, and you know, we started I started a little label. I guess it wasn't technically the label. I was just putting songs on CDs and standing outside the clubs, popping them off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming home with three, four hundred dollars a night on the weekends, and that that pretty much paid my tuition. You did for the like last two years of college. So wow. And and I, dre- I, I I'm gonna keep it real with you, B. I dreaded going to corporate America. I dreaded it. I said I really don't want to do this, but I got some student loans to pay. And you know some other small debts, you know I had took on just to get through school and everything, and yeah. uh, and I was like I really don't want to do this, and then I did it, and then I got married, and then the kids came, you know, and more financial responsibility add up, and I I stayed I stayed about twelve years, 12, 12 or thirteen years. Wow, time fly, man, that's crazy. Time fly. Twelve years in the game, and, and when I look back you know, at, at my life, I'm like, man, I don't, maybe I should have never went to corporate America. I, I learned a lot, but at the same time, I wasn't learning entrepreneurial skills. Like, you know, I, I you know what? I take that back. I'm, I'm just talking out loud. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> you do learn a, you learn a lot in corporate America. I learned some entrepreneurial right. stuff because the stuff I'm doing now as an entrepreneur really comes from the stuff I learned in corporate America. Right. Um, so I left after about twelve years, you know, and, and started a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, then ended up going back because ultimately I ran out of money. That's what happens when you start a business. <laughs> we had a baby coming, and I was running out of money, so I took another job for a couple of years, and then I left again just recently. Smart man, he's always standing ahead of the game. You know, that's the play. the trends, so okay, let me go ahead and get up, you know, get ahead of this thing." But yeah, I mean, you you're not gonna really you're not gonna be a super you're not gonna be super financially successful working for somebody else. You gotta be you gotta be an entrepreneur. And somebody like me feel somewhat responsible for my cousins and brothers and you know my sister, my mom, you know my dad in a in a remote uh, other universe parallel universe kind of way. (laughs) I'm still responsible for him. Of course, I got my own kids and my wife. My wife's family are, are not, they're not people of means necessarily. So, yeah, you know, I got a lot of response. I feel I got a lot of responsibility. They probably wouldn't say that. They probably wouldn't say that I'm responsible in any way. But, uh, I mean, they, they wouldn't say that I need to be responsible, but I just feel I just carry that on me myself, you know. Nah, that's cool, though. So, but, you know, like I said, you came a
1: long way, though, man. Built a lot, and so I can definitely see that. You know, sure.
0: yeah, yeah, man. Still, you know, it's 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 a journey of a thousand miles. It's a th- journey of a thousand miles, and every day we try to take a step. Definitely a marathon for sure, for sure, man. Definitely a marathon. I try to draw inspiration from cats like yourself, blazing ahead. Yeah, we're gonna do that, man. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna create.
1: You know, we're going we're gonna to build things that we need to have that's going to make it easier for us to build, to go for and Build even more. I'm all about resources and tools to get where we need to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, whether it's what we need to go or help others to get where they need to go, um, I think it all makes us more attractive, makes us, you know, that much more of a pillar in society. That's what I'm trying to get at. Right? Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, in, in every every day is, is towards that. Every day is toward you know, the more valuable I am, the more, you know, happy I am in my life and the more I can share that happiness with other people. Not necessarily on that, not necessarily on that kumbaya stuff, but just more like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, you had that re- respect and that empathy and that love for a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just by saying, hey, how you doing? And, and sharing, hey. And really meaning, it. you know, having a, a quick brief, even if it's a five seconds, you know, uh, with someone. That's a huge deal, and then beyond that, hey, how how else can we build, you know? Yeah, man. You do that by being a proud person, you know, by understanding how to love yourself, by understanding how to build, you know, I just said, you know, when you say just build, be an entrepreneur and building your own business, that's one thing, and that's a great thing in itself, but then where do you go from there? You know, I see a lot of people out there, they still, like we were talking about, you know, uh, rich slaves or wealthy slaves. Still had people that got money, but still wasn't happy. You know? Yeah, man. It wasn't necessarily, you know, just the money. It's just really having a balance of, you know, what what you' trying to attain, you can afford, and then beyond that, you can have f- fun, you can enjoy your time here on this earth with your family. That's all a part of wealth.
0: That friends, it is you know, people that are close to you, near and dear. It really is. And you have more control over your time. Yeah, your health, you know, the food you eat, the, the quality of food you eat. For real. You know, you ain't eating them cancer burgers all the time. <laughs> cancer burgers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, that's serious. You
0: know what I mean? I mean,
1: shoot. Can- that's a whole conversation on itself right there, man. That's, shoot. That's a
0: whole conversation, bro. Sickle.
1: I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. I've been in that kitchen now. Ooh, ooh, wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> Whipping but and- well, we, you know, we, we we're gonna talk about that later, man. But shoot, I tell you right now, we're gonna have to chop up about that kitchen. What now. you talking about flicking that wrist? Flicking that wrist and getting that, you know what I'm saying? That
0: whole that whole rotation going, flip, mixing it all. That. <laughs> all right, hey, you know, I get down in the kitchen too, bro. I made some papoosas over Christmas, but then, you know, we ain't gotta go in there, all the details. <laughs> we ain't gotta. Go in there. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Oh my god! <laughs> hey, hey. Now wait, What's is this something that is this something that Maria gonna vouch for? Or something? What? She gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah? You got up in that kitchen that really threw down. Hey, I mean, what?
0: Because I, she can come, she can come vouch for me. Hey, if you to have had some of that cortito sauce and then pizza, <laughs> <laughs> you will know the truth. You will know the okay. truth. Oh man! <laughs> Uh, he, what he telling me? He, uh, you know, get it in, okay. You know I mean? I'm getting ready to cook some pancakes in the morning. You know what I mean? I cook pancakes. You know, I do breakfast. I do breakfast. That's my thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> dinners. Make the extra fluffy pancakes <laughs> now. Perfect, perfect round circles. Perfect round circles, bro. You know what I mean? Buttered, buttered on both sides, and syrup, and cut into squares, and all that, bro. I serve it up. Wow. I serve it up. Yeah, man. So let me ask you something about, you know, we talk about entrepreneurship and, you know, if we keep talking about this food, we're going to come out of this conversation talking about we need to open up a restaurant, but we don't need to go there just yet. OK, I, need, I got some other stuff we got to get to before we get to the restaurant. Man. But so in, in, when, when you were first starting out as an entrepreneur or, or, or planning to become an entrepreneur, what are some of the biggest roadblocks that you had to clear to make that transition? How did you clear them? I think it was just really just, you know, um,
1: kind of set a schedule. I think the biggest thing was having the job and then doing any entrepreneurial aspirations, fulfilling that around my job, you know.
0: Right. Building
1: anything, building operations around that, you know, any whether it's, uh, you know, research and development or if it was just you know the execution of said plans so you had a you how did that how did I schedule that around that and i think once i figured that out you know uh, gave myself a certain planned of attack you know usually try to focus on the greatest amount of impact with what i could do at the time and what was realistic within a certain period of time so if i had 3 hours a day i see what I, I could do with 3 hours a day and got it done and so I built, a certain, I built a certain plan and came forward to it and then, you know, build a schedule around that. Mm. And I think now I was able to fit working a, working a job and then being able to go forward on my um, entrepreneurial pr- plans. That's dope. Uh, I think the second one was, you know, it was, was paying the bills, right, and making sure that within those steps I was still paying the bills and, and more so. Because then I, st- I had to obviously invest in you know entrepreneurial plans. So um, and I think to make that last real transition, really from job to business, you know, and, and having you know being in full entrepreneurial spirit, you know, where that's my life. I think I had to kind of build my life around the commission, around the art of a deal, really with you know figuring out where I stood in the deal, budgeting myself in a deal, making sure I was paid. I think once I started to take that initiative to be a part of that and or build it myself and present that to others, I think that's when I kind of got into full entrepreneurial mode where that's just
0: all I do. Mm. So let me get this straight. You you leverage the ancient powers of the full-time side hustle. I'm sorry. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> you did. You didn't hear none of that, did you? <laughs> I didn't. I don't know why. I don't know why it was, it was kind of blanked out right there. Stop it. I, up. All, right, all right. So I, I, my question though is, did were you were you making money on the side? Were you already at a good revenue stream on the side before you left your your full time grind?
1: Yes. You know, I set a number which would. You know, basically pay for bare necessities, uh, pay for everything I needed to pay for to keep life going, to keep us rolling forward. And I think once I hit that number, I was confident I could hit that number on a consistent basis. Then I was off. Um, Ultimately, you know, uh, I think it was part due with, okay, what? what am I making and then also scaling it out or, you know, uh, looking at it from a potential basis. Like, hey, you know, if I spent, you know, I'm, I'm at this job, you know, 36 hours a, a week or whatever. Um, then I started to scale it down to 24 then I started to scale it down to 12, you know. I was able to get it to bare minimum that I could work at that job and then I was able to get off, you know, go from there. But, you know, beyond that, it was, I could look at the potential I could make too with if I spent more time doing my hustle and doing my business then I could you know so it was part what I was making and part potential I guess what I'm saying
0: So was it always your intent to be an entrepreneur or were you were did you were you like planning on staying with that job forever and you just decided it wasn't working out or how how did that unfold It definitely I was definitely
1: uh, intending to be an entrepreneur before I got the job but what I was ended up doing and it was, was different because, you know, I had, uh, increased my skill Um, so, you know, what I was capable of doing was more. And so that also increased my abilities, you know, in terms of business and my, you know, I was more attractive to, to pair with partners. And so the, the things that I was, you know, the, the things that I was proposed and the opportunities I had was greater I was, you know, I kind of scaled up. But yeah, I I did, as far as being an entrepreneur, because before that, it was mainly being in the entertainment field, you know, DJing, promoting, you know, uh, doing, uh, you know, merching, you know, merchandise as far as t shirts and those type of things. I was kind of focused on those things because I was creative in that aspect. You know, we were designing t shirts and, you know, we were making music and doing production and, those type of things. So obviously, uh, as I was working at the at the gig, I was also learning different things at home and then also in the gig, within the gig, because, you know, I remember, uh, you know, just like yourself, you know, you pick up different skills when you're with that job, you know, whether it's maybe some professionalism, maybe you're talking to different people, maybe you're meeting different people as far as picking up more of a network. And so, that you know, it was, it was an interesting progression,
0: for sure. You know what's interesting, man? And, you know, I, I understand, you know, I know there's a book out there called The Art of the Deal. I think I'm going to write the book called The Art of the Side Hustle. I think I'm going to have to. That's what's good. Yeah. Yeah. The Art of the Side, because there's an art to it, right? Because I had a boss and a manager tell me one time, <laughs> said, uh, I know that you still have, I know that you have a website out there, right, talking about website i have for my consulting business he says uh i went to your domain name it looks like your website is still out there you might want to take that down in case uh somebody thinks you're moonlighting (laughs) oh wow i know why he said that wow i was taken. i was taken aback bro i was taken aback i was offended on multiple levels you did. You know, wow, I understand why. Society, huh?
1: I understand why. That's crazy.
0: Because in my mind, I was thinking like, okay, why do you give a damn what I do with my free time?
1: Absolutely.
0: Why do you give a damn? That's the first thing. That <laughs> that's the first
1: thing that pops in your head,
0: right? That was the first thing that popped in my head. Like what I do when I leave this office or when I clock out is my damn business and none of yours. So, so let me get this straight. You want to you want to control my time for eight to 10 hours, all day long business hours. But you also want to control my time when I go home, what I can and can't do with my time. <laughs> right. Oh, Absolutely. It's, yeah. At that point, it's like you want complete ownership of people's lives. And not it's not that you don't want me. To, it's not that you want me to come in there and get results because that's not the problem at all. Problem is you want me to, you know. Of course, you want me to get results, but you also want you want me to be completely and absolutely financially dependent on you. There you go. Bingo. You know, no leverage right there. <laughs> they don't want you to have no leverage. They don't want you to have no leverage. So to, to some extent, and I don't know if all companies are like this and not all bosses are like this. To a certain degree. But you almost got to. You almost got to have your side hustle on on a low, low. You know, you got to have a little down low side hustle. You got to be creeping on a side hustle, bro. That's
1: definitely true. I mean, you know what? I think there's a balance, right? Because see, we were talking about this before. I mean, you had this conversation. I've had yeah. I've had some great experiences and I've seen a, a great results in terms of getting paid more if I, if they knew I had other opportunities because, you know, they have to teach you a little better, mm-hmm. So it's, it's an ebb and flow with, yeah, the manager might not want you to do that because they're trying to keep control over, you know, keep a, a heavy hand over you, you know, in terms of, Hey, you know what they want to, you know, what they're saying has a, a greater effect to you. Like, Hey, what are you going to get in line? What, what, what we want to tell you, but ultimately, you know, if they need you and you're irreplaceable, they can they're always afraid of you leaving, that you do have another opportunity. So yeah, of course they wanna crush that cub, they wanna crush that hyena cub before it gets adult and is, you know you know, they wanna make sure that no competitors out there, you know, and and, and there's no one to compete for the time and and, and, and uh and the influence over you. And yeah, I think ultimately yeah, right. every every company is kind of like that to a certain degree. I, I think even even yourself, even myself, would probably be guilty of it to a certain level. I think I am okay with someone progressing if they felt if I felt like, hey, they was going to progress somewhere else. I, hey, I'll just have to find and develop someone else. But ultimately, right. that's going to put you right. You know, if they're
0: irreplaceable, you got to take care of your people. You know, so that's what that comes yeah. out. You got to take care of your people. Yeah, and, and you know that type of behavior discourages entrepreneurship. <laughs> it almost makes you afraid to be an. It makes you afraid to leave the company, and do and do follow your dreams. That's yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and a, that's real stuff. You, it's hitting on something, bro. It's hitting on that. It's hitting on that. That cultural aspect of you got a job, you got a steady mm-hmm. income. Of course, you can't just not have that income anymore. You know you need it. And then if they find out that you're doing something on the side, you're making some money, how dare you? How dare <laughs> Man, you? For real. You're arrogant. How you have the audacity to diversify your income? It's like, "Oh, put this in perspective, bro." They got you in there to help them manage their business and make their business more successful. But they don't want you engaging in any behaviors that's actually good business. <laughs> that's a good it's a diversifying your income is a good business practice. In fact, that company has many revenue streams. I'm sure they do. Right. They have many revenue streams, but they don't want you having any. They They're only right? want you having one. For real. So we want you to run the company using good business practices, but we don't want you to apply those practices in your life. <laughs> right? Uh, we don't want you to practice the thing that we to do. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> I'm just sitting here, man, I'm hearing this and I'm
1: just like, man, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. And you got to just realize, you just got to realize what side are you on it and, and make the right decisions based off what, what you need to do, you know, and like, like business isn't personal. Right. And so. It's not you know, especially in a corporate America, you know, you, 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 you had liberty to whatever, whatever moves you need to make. And so, you know, like a person like yourself, hey, you, you made those strides, you know, you realize where you were at, which position you were at and position to a better, you know, transition mm-hmm. to a better position, I should say, you know, continue to yeah, man. to ascend. And, and I, I, frankly, I haven't seen anybody do that, maneuver and, you know, switch different companies and you know, you you basically forged your 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 leverage in the game.
0: Yeah, I really did. I mean, I knew you know, I knew they wasn't gonna give me what I wanted. <laughs> so this was my rationale. And somebody asked me one time. They said, "You seem you seem to be ambitious." They didn't know me that well. Maybe just had a couple conversations. You know, little little small talk conversations. She says, "You seem ambitious." You know what? Do you, uh, and how, she asked me something about how that affects the way I interact with you know the company and leaders at the company and I say it like this you know they either gonna make me a vice president or I'm gonna start my own company and be a CEO <laughs> 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 yeah. that's, that's the deal and if, they, if they're not willing to give me you know if they're not willing to make me uh an executive mm-hmm. level person I'm just gonna go start my own company and I'm an executive tomorrow well, <laughs> so, uh-huh. but you gotta understand my mindset is is I have a I have that entrepreneur CEO mindset or C-level mindset. I guess it doesn't have to be CEO, but I have to be in a position where where I can build the business around my values. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, cuz just about every company I've worked for there has been a misalignment of values. I've worked for a lot of large companies and I come from a very underprivileged underprivileged background. And if you look mm-hmm. at those companies if you look at which communities those companies are pumping money into because companies pump money from certain pockets into other pockets mm-hmm. if you look at the, the the pockets that that money is going into those people don't look anything like the people from where I'm from <laughs> 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 <You love going? laughs> so so I'm I'm sitting here working for you and I'm making I'm helping you make more money I'm cutting your bottom line, growing your top line. And and the purpose of all this is to pump money from everybody and feed it to certain people. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't quite align with my personal values. I want to bring value to people from underprivileged communities Mm -hmm. like mine. I I I want to see them, you know, get financially straight so they can resolve. You know, they can get out of their situation. You know, they can get themselves to a higher ground. And, you know, you can't you can't always do that working for somebody else. Sometimes you got to sometimes you got to create the way you got, you know, Harriet Tubman. Mm -hmm. Harriet Tubman wasn't going to be able to just buy a ticket on the Amtrak. (laughs) 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 Get on the Amtrak, guys. No, Harriet Tubman had to create a way. She's like, no, that that track ain't going to work for us. My goodness. We, we, We need to build our own. She certainly did. And, you know, for people like me, there is no path to the top. There is no path to the sea level. And there's in a lot of these companies, there are no African-American C level people. Very, very few African-American vice level, president level people. So you have to ask why? Why are African-Americans so systematically weeded out of these companies? You know, you see a few yes. at the director level, very sparse. Senior manager level, you might get a little bit of more sprinkle. <laughs> you know, if, if you look at the workforce, workforce bottom level, then it's a pretty good. A lot of time, it's a pretty good uh, distribution. But as you get into pi- positions of high power and high wealth, high status, mm. the 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 percentage of, the percentage of melanin <laughs> to, <laughs> starts declining. <laughs> rapidly, to and it hits zero long before you reach the top <laughs> for, for a lot of these companies.
1: Mm, wow, yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly seems like it, man. I mean, so I, like, I definitely have uh, have seen the difference myself. Yeah, it's huge disparity.
0: Yeah, what's really the deal?
1: Huge disparity. I mean, we we ran a a project out in Phoenix, and you know, it was it was primarily maybe 2,500 people uh, construction site with a, it was let's call it a, it was a hotel renovation, a resort renovation, and and so there was uh, contractors for any, any and everything out there, and so we had uh, to run the furniture new new furniture coming in, and old furniture coming out, so we had to pretty much run that in and out of the warehouse. But long story short. You know, um, I I expect especially my age group, maybe there's not many people in the position that I was in. Hmm. There was literally no one that could fire me. You know, and so, you know, and and and, and it, again it was it was like people that would run into, the only people I saw of color at all, okay, were all in work working in labor. Level jobs, exactly nothing in management and right. up. You know, obviously management right. managers were getting were getting ridden and, and drove into the ground. You know, um, so they weren't necessarily much of a better level. But you didn't even see, even see black managers or Hispanic or Asian or you know, and so it's, it was it was definitely interesting just to, and just in that. Um, this is a multi million dollar. Deal. This is over what three hundred million dollar uh, project. Mm. I'm sure it went well over budget. Even you know, so it was a lot of money right. being cut here. Um, Man,
0: so. yeah, and that's not a that's not the exception, bro. That's the rule. That's not the exception. That's the rule. And you see that you go down to Fortune 100. <laughs> I pretty much it's just a lot of American companies are are, are, are like that, and. I don't know, man. Somebody got to do something about it, and you know, I, I you, an individual can't fix a culture from the inside. You almost got to force their hand from the outside because they're fire they're fire you before they let you make them uncomfortable. <laughs> That's true. So That's you got to get to where they can't fire you, and you force their hand. You know, but. Yeah, man, that's a whole other podcast. We can jump into that. It sure (laughs) is. (laughs) That sure is. Well, that's several podcasts. Boy, that's several. Uh, uh, Yeah, we need to go and close this one out, man. You got any any last thoughts before we go and wrap this one up, homie?
1: No, I I think, uh, yeah, I I think we pretty much hit it all. I mean, you know, what I would say is, you know, just through it all, I I just learned to trust my ability to – to, to work on it, to work on a deal and follow a deal And realize, okay, that's, that deal is going to pay me I think, you know, too often We kind of cool. get set with We feel that a job is more You know, consistent And I think a deal is more consistent I can make more deals, I can make a deal every day I don't have to wait ooh, ooh. To get paid every week or every two weeks or every month I can get paid daily You know, and so that's once, cool. I, once I realized that I got more into I got used to okay, let me get on my own payment structure and, and you know, and payment schedule. And, and I think the rest was history.
0: I never went back because it just makes so much more sense. That's cool. Yeah, man. On that note, let's go and wrap it up, bro. You got ATL, Cal, and Las Vegas B. Yes, sir. Signing out. The cat that brought you uh, <laughs> uh, big, big pins and uh, <laughs> Kroger shopping bags and uh, and masking tape, where you can paint without smudging the lines. <laughs> crisp, crisp colors. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. I'll catch up with you. though I appreciate your time, B. Yes, sir. Like always, man. Let's get once again next week, and we out. Out.